0: MoviePass is being investigated for fraud, Facebook's trying to clean up its terrible reputation, and Spotify's doing everything it can to destroy the labels. This is Tech Talk with Bon Jen. of Tech Talk with Bon Jin. Name is pending. Um, When I come up with a better name, we're gonna go ahead and change that up because this name is terrible. I am your host, Bon Jin. Um, You probably know me from my other podcast, Dark Racial Humor. Uh, This podcast is kind of like that, but it's all tech all the time. Basically me talking about how tech is basically infiltrating our daily lives and, you know, what's going on in the tech world in terms of innovations, laws, um, company battles, whatever, whatever the hell's going on. Um, We have a quite a big, um, we have quite a big podcast today. Uh, Today is episode two. It's Thursday, October 18th. It's 7.53 p.m. here in Los Angeles, California. Um. So you know, what? let's just uh let's just slide into this real quick. The first thing we're gonna talk about is Helios and Matheson. Oh God. Helios and Matheson, movie passes parent company company is uh, currently being investigated over fraud concerns. This is um, an article according to The Verge. If you are not familiar with Helios and Matheson, they are the parent company to Movie Pass. As, as I just said, if you're not familiar with Movie Pass, Movie um, is a service. Basically, um, it was supposed to be a movie theater subscription service. That was what. Sorry for the noise. I'm using a really janky microphone. That was what uh, they billed themselves as. They wanted to be the 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 innovators, the saviors of the dying movie theater industry quote unquote dying um but here's here's the thing they had a phenomenal product but it just wasn't feasible it was something like you pay what twenty dollars a month and you can see a movie every day like okay um so there's obviously a winner there and there's obviously a loser there the loser being the uh the big movie studios in hollywood so, um, what is this uh, this this fraud investigation about? I'm just going to read a little bit from this article um, from The Verge, and then I will chime in with my thoughts. The New York Attorney General's Office is launching an investigation into MoviePass's parent company, Helios and Matheson, over allegedly misleading investors. Oh boy! A person familiar with the investigation confirmed to The Verge that the investigation is underway. The news was first reported by CNBC. The investigation is set to determine whether the company misled the investment community regarding the company's financial, according to CNBC. The Attorney General's office is using the New York Martin Act, which is designed to protect both investors and financial institutions from fraud, to pursue the investigation. The Martin Act, if you are not aware, is um an anti-fraud law widely considered to be the most severe blue sky law in the country and um i just looked that up on wikipedia full transparency there <coughs> um uh jumping this is what movie pass had to say in response um to the investigation we are aware of the new york attorney general's inquiry and are fully cooperating um from a helios matheson representative. We um, believe our public disclos- disclosures have been complete, timely, and truthful, and we have not misled investors. We look forward to the opportunity to demonstrate to the New York to demonstrate that to the New York Attorney General. Um, Helios and Madison they are saying that they have nothing to hide, and I honestly hope they have nothing to hide because even though it was a a failure of a business, I guess in the long run, um, I definitely see their basic subscription model playing a big part in the movie industry in the future. I think it was a little too soon and we can already see that uh taking effect with AMC launching their own subscription service of sorts. Not as good as the the Movie Pass deal, but you know, Movie Pass uh, as I'm sure you probably know ran out of money. Um and so now they're just uh they're just struggling to stay afloat. So hopefully it's all it's all good uh, behind the scenes there, yeah. Because MoviePass really was supposed to be like the the Netflix, I guess, for the movie industry. Because the movie industry is currently moving in a direction that favors upscale viewing experiences. For example, the ArcLight theater is something like 15-16 bucks a ticket. You get a premium experience, but it's just it's just too much, especially if you're paying for two or three people to go to the movies. You're spending like $45 and don't even get me started on concessions. Um so yeah, I uh, I wish the best to Helios and Matheson and hopefully they don't get uh fucked by this investigation. Um because we we um bad things really happen when you mislead investors as we have seen in the past with several companies. Cough, cough of fire Festival cough. Moving on now, right along with some Facebook news. Uh, this is an article from Wired.com slash business. Inside Facebook's plan to safeguard the 2018 election. I thought this was just fucking phenomenal. I thought this was the best, um, the funniest story to come out ever. So um, basically a little background here. This article is basically trying to paint Facebook in a more redeeming light in terms of election season when it comes to fake news and propaganda on their huge network, Facebook platform. So basically, the article is showing a war room, a quote unquote war room as they're saying, as they're calling it, with like a bunch of people just monitoring Facebook's I guess infrastructure looking for fake news. I don't know. It kind of just looks like the most the most set up thing ever and I'm just going to I'm just going to read uh some of it to begin with because it's a uh, pretty funny. This is from wired.com written by Fred Vogelstein. Oh god, all right. Deep in the bowels of Facebook's serpentine campus in Menlo Park, California, Jesus Christ, is a room about 25 square feet that may have a lot to do with how the world thinks about the company in the coming months jesus it looks like a wall street trading floor no it doesn't it looks okay never mind with screens on every wall and every desk yes that's true in 20 hours a day soon to be 24 hours a day so 20 hours a day it's jammed with about two dozen geeks spooks hackers and lawyers trying to spot and quash the bad thing this is going to happen to the company's networks. It's known appropriately as the War Room, and it was set up just a month ago in advance of the Brazilian. It was set up just a month ago. <laughs> oh my God! In advance of the Brazilian presidential election and the U.S. midterm elections, as perhaps Facebook's most dramatic and visual step to ensure that the fraud and manipulation that was rampant on Facebook's networks during the 2016 U.S. presidential election don't recur. <coughs> okay so we're gonna pause what is going on here facebook has essentially set up a division under facebook inc and facebook's or this division's responsibility is to like i said take down anything that could basically be viewed as fake news during the election because there was a huge 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 fake news problem on facebook's network during the brazilian presidential election and during the U.S. midterm elections, um, it is a very, very real concern that something like this could happen again. Now, the article goes on to say that this is coming at the uh, at the heels of the Cambridge Analytical scandal, and if you remember, the Cambridge Analytical scandal was uh, was essentially a breach of information um, in which one particular Android, I mean, sorry, Facebook application, Cambridge Analytica, was um, illegally, according to Facebook, terms of service, um, distributing um, information about your friend's friends, and then, um, and basically selling that information to a political advertising company, I don't know, huge thing, apparently 50 million were originally thought to be hacked, but it was actually 30 million. Um, still a lot, still a hell of a lot of accounts. Mark Zuckerberg had to testify in front of Congress for this, you know. So basically, they're just trying to to paint themselves in a positive light. Um, but it's just like I don't know, man. It's just not working. It just, first of all, first of all, it 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 looks like they're. Tr- if you could see the picture, it's about like. All right, I'm just going to I'm just going to read some more of the article. I'm just going to read some more of the article. It's hard to contend that Facebook, the world's biggest digital communications company, is now on record extolling the virtues of analog face-to-face conversations. It would have never done something like this 2 years ago. Back when CEO and founder Mark Zuckerberg believed that less human interaction with content on Facebook the better. Despite the missteps, the company is taking concrete steps this year to better police its platform. It's re- revamped the newsfeed algorithm. Um, it's imposed a slew of new restrictions on political advertising. It's doubled the size of the teams working on these issues to 20,000 people. And it shocked investors by suggesting that it might need to spend about $4 billion before it felt like it had adequately addressed the problems. Wow. Okay. Um, yeah, eh. Facebook just has like a really bad, um, just a really bad light shining on it right now because they continue to basically just prove to us time and time again that they are not worthy of sensitive user data. For me, I put minimal information on Facebook. I think the only things I have on Facebook is my name and where I went to school and what year I was born and probably where I currently live. Other than that, there's nothing super sensitive about me on Facebook at all. There's no location tracking for me. No, especially no facial recognition. Jesus Christ. But, and I think if you were smart, you would do the same. Because uh, Facebook, I don't know. They're basically, like, out of, out of everyone that, like, sells your information to companies and is like, pretty transparent about it, like, Facebook's the worst. Because they're transparent about it, but they're also just, like, irresponsible. So... Um, Take that into heavy consideration Uh, next time you decide to turn on location tracking and share a bunch of information with apps. Cool. All right. Cool. Moving on. No more Facebook talk. Spotify acquires minority stake in DistroKid, enabling artists to upload to multiple devices from Spotify. Okay. This is some big news. Real big news in the music industry. Um, About a week or two ago, Spotify, the second, maybe still first, I don't know, biggest music streaming platform in the world, announced that artists would soon be able to um, upload their original music to Spotify without a third-party distributor. This was huge news because Spotify essentially becomes a cleaner, better curated youtube soundcloud of sorts where people can just put whatever it has to go through i guess um a filtration process to make sure there's no copyright like copyrighted content in the songs which uh, i assume is going to be an issue that we're going to have to deal with um but more importantly the fact that you can just put your content directly on spotify for millions to hear is phenomenal and i applaud them for doing that However, what about the distribution services—DistroKid, CD Baby, um, TuneCore? What's going to happen to them? Well, first of all, they have—they made a very good argument um, as to why you should still use um, their service as opposed to Spotify Direct Uploader. They said that they can—they have the ability currently to place your music on a variety of streaming services, not just Spotify. So that means your tracks are going on Apple Music. They're going on YouTube Music. They're going on Amazon. They're going on Google. They're going on Deezer. They're going on Stitcher. They're going on, not Pandora, but you know, they're going on a whole bunch of shit, like streaming services that you've never heard of. Um, But so Spotify made the rebuttal that they are going to purchase a minority, I'm sorry, a minority stake in DistroKid. Um, so, what does that mean? Essentially, users are getting—if I'm correct—if I read this article from Music Business dot com, um, artists would be enabled to upload to multiple services from Spotify. So, if you can get your music onto Apple Music from Spotify. Then game fucking over, bro. They won. Um, so here's another question. What about the labels? What do the labels think about this? Well, essentially the music industry is becoming what the music industry was in the 60s. Everybody's basically on the same playing field again. You're in a garage with your friends and everyone's being heard at the same loudness. And the only thing that makes... You better from the person next to you is how different you are and how well you're able to cultivate an audience. I'm not even going to say how good you are because that's subjective and, you know, whatever. Good music doesn't, isn't required to get famous nowadays. Anyway, since everybody now has the ability to place their music on any streaming service that they want, everyone is essentially on the same level playing field. And if they were to grab the attention of a label... What now could the label offer them? The answer there is basically exposure. There's exposure and money. They can pay for music videos. They can fund your tour. They can get merchandise made. So, and that's where the money comes from, touring and merchandise, so they can help get that started. So that's definitely going to be the the new solid role of the record label, just promoting artists that that they see fit. Because, you know, it used to be it used to be the case that um some or just recently like only like you could only get on a streaming service if you were on a record label and then you just distribution services started popping up and um yeah. And now everyone's on the same level again. And it's interesting it's gonna it'll be interesting to see how the industry basically responds to this. Who's gonna be made famous? as a direct result of this, um, especially with that new, um, Music Modernization Act being signed into law recently, cool, next is, um, a fun story from the Wall Street Journal, it's called, uh, Green Bubbles, Apple's iMessage Makes Switching to Android Hard, and this was written by Joanna Stern, um, joanna and i are in the same camp basically she talks about how um switching to android from i mean she switched from iphone to get a pixel 3 just as i have i've had a very good experience thus far um i'm gonna have a full review up in about a week or like in five days or so i just want to get a little more a little more use in with it but i can't say right off the bat there's something up with the speakers when i turn them all the way up they sound a little muddy I looked on Reddit, apparently that's the case too, across uh, lots of users, but um other than that, it's been a pretty clean, pretty smooth experience, definitely regret my color choice, like it, I should have gotten like anything besides black, but you know, whatever, um, but yeah, no, it's been a good one, so anyway, um back to the article, I'm not really going to read the article, um, basically she's talking about how... Um, Android, I mean, iPhone has a leg up over Android when it comes to communication. When it comes to Apple's iMessage platform, she explains how iMessage has the obvious pro of being an in- encrypted. That meaning that only the sender and receiver can uh, see the messages that are being relayed. Um, Apple can't see them. The carrier can't see them. No one can see them but the sender and the receiver, but that isn't the case with SMS. SMS also has other drawbacks. Um, um, Information isn't as rich, meaning um, photos may lose their quality. There's a 160 character limit. It's just, you know, it's just a mess. You can't see when messages are delivered. You can't have read receipts. It's just the worst. Um, That's basically how iMessage works. FaceTime is the same, it's in in the encrypted. Uh, she offers a couple uh, a couple um, resolutions for Apple, that how they can fix this problem. I thought they were kind of funny, so I wanted to read them. The first one was improve iMessage tech support. These are her words. The most pleasant part of my lost message distress calls to Apple tech support, listening to Tom Petty's learning to fly while on hold. One technician told me I should contact Google or my carrier for any issues with my messages not coming through. This may be the most common caller problem, but it certainly is a known issue. Okay, my response to this: just improve Apple Tech Support. Period. Um, and also, I, I, I honestly doubt like Apple Tech Support will want to help you with the, with what is essentially an Android issue. So, if they're telling you to talk to your carrier, they're probably right because you know Apple doesn't have any control over like what's going on with your Pixel. Sorry. Anyway. <laughs> Her next one makes sense, kind of, but not really. She says, implement RCS, and I'm going to read that. Android phone makers and cellular carriers have started using rich communication services, aka RCS, which brings the best of text messaging apps to cross-operating system texting. It is faster and supports read receipts and typing indicators. It sounds similar to what Apple originally envisioned for iMessage. And then she talks about Scott Forstall and how he wanted... Um, RCS to be like you know cross-platform between Android and iMessage but the issue with that is uh, RCS cannot be um, end-to-end encrypted just yet so there is no way Apple would ever adopt this technology for iMessage because it's just uh, a huge technology just just issue I mean a huge privacy issue so until RCS is in an encrypted Maybe iMessage, or maybe communicating between iMessage and Android will be more seamless, but until then, probably not. And then the last one she says is, bring iMessage to Android, which will never happen. Um, She says, this is the dream. Sure, it would make switching to Android easier, but there's a business argument. Apple, your loyal customers, will be happier when messaging Android friends. Um, I feel like a lot of people just move to Android if they could get iMessage on their Android phones. Me, personally, the only thing that would make my Pixel perfect is if it had iMessage. But, because it's just like, stock Android, in my opinion, it's just a better experience. Android's cool. I mean, iOS is cool, but I've been on that for like eight years and I just needed needed to switch up. And also, let's say iOS was, let's say iMessage was brought to Android because, you know, they brought Apple Music to Android. But iTunes to Windows, crazier things have happened. But let's say they bring um, iMessage to Android. Would I be able to make it my default texting app or not? There's no real compelling evidence or compelling reason to just open up a third-party app. Especially when no one else wants to get third-party apps on their phone to talk. So, you know. Cool. Um... If you like iMessage, stick on a stick on iPhone, you won't be disappointed. If not, uh, fucking deal with it. Okay. All right, now let's just wrap up the show with some quick Apple news. Apple, this is from the Verge again. Apple announces iPad Pro and Mac event for October thirtieth. Um. So apparently they're going to be launching. We talked about this last episode. A full screen iMac. Um, it's supposed to be fucking killer the i'm mean, sorry the ipad a full screen ipad pro is rumored to have slim bezels and face id expanding the apple's face is your passcode technology beyond the iphone for the first time this is from the verge it's also been reported that this year's ipad pro will switch over from lightning to USB-C. fucking beautiful thank the lord we just need that iphone 10 on usbc um it'll be available in 11 12.9 inch display And it's going to be fucking killer, man. I'm excited for that. They're also supposed to uh, announce a new successor to the MacBook Air. I don't really give a shit. Um, It's supposed to have slimmer bezels on a running display, but okay, cool. Um, iOS 12.1, which features group FaceTime and dual SIM support. That's dope. That's coming out. And um, who knows? Maybe some air power, Uh, but probably not, though. Um, So, yeah. I think that's all I want to talk about today on this beautiful August, uh, sorry, October 16th, Thursday, Thursday, October 18th at 8.30 p.m. I am Bonjin with Bonjin's Tech Talk from Los Angeles. You can listen to this podcast wherever podcasts are found. Thank you for listening and have a great night.